episode 392 of Awards Daily's Water Cooler Podcast. I'm joined by the other two M's this week. So M's, let's go around the cooler and tell the listeners who you are and where they can find you on the internet. Joey, we'll start with you. Hi, I'm Joey Moser. You can find me on Twitter at JoeyMoser83. Coming in quiet there, Joey. Megan? <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Megan McLaughlin. You can find me on Twitter at HeyDudeMeg. And again, I'm Clarence Moy. You can find me on Twitter at Clarence Moy. I don't know why I said this week because you guys, we were all together last week. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm off my game, I guess. <laughs> Clarence Moy, this all. is your life. <laughs> <sighs> how are you guys? Did you guys have a good weekend? Yeah. Uh, how was your weekend? I know you were in Disney last week. I was one of the last flights out before the hurricane hit. No. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, no, I was out first thing Monday morning, and uh, um, they're closing everything Wednesday and Thursday. So uh, anybody who's a listener in Florida, please stay safe um, because it does look like a, a pretty significant event coming your way. So hopefully that bears to um, not be true, but uh, please stay safe. Um, but I had a good time. I uh, I probably overdid it a little bit. I tried to – I didn't want to take full PTO for the whole trip, so yeah. I worked – remotely one day and that was way too much yeah because <laughs> i was out till two o'clock the, the, the morning before at uh, universal studios halloween horror nights and um had to wake up for a call a work call at eight o'clock in the morning so i did uh, not get my f- enough sleep <laughs> yeah um but uh had a great time i did ride for the first and last time the new guardians of the galaxy roller coaster at epcot um, which is, I don't know if either of you have been to Disney, but if you've ever ridden or heard of Space Mountain, the the classic iconic roller I've coaster. I've heard of Space Mountain. Yeah. yeah. It's like if Space Mountain, which is an indoor roller coaster that kind of just goes on a track at different levels up and down and, you know, back and forth, you know, just kind of in the dark. Um, if Space Mountain and the Mad Hatter teacups had a baby. This would be this roller coaster oh. because not only does it go fast up and down, it go it spins. That sounds like I would puke. <laughs> I almost did. I not even joking. I literally was just breathing in and out, in and out, <laughs> really trying not to throw up as I got out of that building. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I will ever ride that ride. Anyway, <laughs> um, what did you guys do this weekend? I know you both saw a, a a quiet independent film that nobody's talking about. Don't worry, darling. Yeah, I made sure to see it on. Uh, Thursday night and Joey, you saw it Saturday night. I did. Yeah. Um, and I know I, I, I tweeted about how I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I don't think it's the pr- perfect film. I, I think I liked it better than book smart to be, to be honest. Um, I feel I have to say that out loud. Well, now I'm going to get the letters. I don't care. Um, but, um, I think it has some good things going for it. Uh, I really love the soundtrack, um, and uh, like, I'm Florence Pugh's performance. Chris Pine is really good. Um, I I don't think Harry Styles should be allowed to be in movies anymore. Like, I know that this was supposed to be the one that he was good in, is what I heard, and people were just laughing every time he was on screen. It was, and like I wasn't even laughing. It they made me laugh. Like, um. I, but there, there are some issues with, with the ending, um, with the twist, um, which was also, the twist is also like probably one of my favorite parts about the film, but it's like unexplored. Uh, I think it could be, it's also, it, uh, Clarence, you had said off, off the podcast that you heard that's where it falls apart. And I guess it is kind of where it falls apart, but there are other things that uh, it's like, it, it has like this pace throughout the whole thing. And then it just like speeds up at the end and then it's like, and it's over. <laughs> Like, um, it builds tension really well, but then it, it just doesn't know what to do with it. Um, I'm interested to see what you guys think about this. Jalal was telling me a little bit about it. He didn't tell me any of the spoilers or anything like that because I, I wanted to, I want to see it still, but, um, it, all of the things that he was pointing to that are problems with it and the things that I've heard about and the things that you're saying all point to, I wonder if this was just made a mess in that edit that happened between last year and this year when they said it wasn't ready. 
Yeah, I wondered about that, too, because it sounds like a lot of people were edited out, like Kiki Lane's right. um, storyline, which also was very underdeveloped. It, I, I, Joey and I also talked about how we thought it could have been like a limited series, like a six mm-hmm. episode limited series. Um, but it also yeah. like, maybe they could have I don't know. The pacing was like they really take she really takes her time building this tension. And then it's just like, OK, now it's over. And there are some things that that don't make quite sense and we'd have to talk more about spoilers that don't make sense but um i'm anxious for you to see it and maybe we can have a discussion later about it yeah i i uh, i definitely will see it but uh, joey what did you think about it uh i thought it was okay um I'm not even necessarily someone who's just like, oh, this is introduced and I don't talk about it. It's like a lot of <laughs> some big chunks of the movie are just like, uh, I feel like she's, I feel like the movie starts like 13 things and then they're like, oh, wait, we have all these other 13 things and they just don't explain them. Yeah. Um, like they, they don't answer half of the, the little oh, yes. thing, mysteries. The they're just like, um, like normally in a movie you would find out what it is or they would do a little bit more in the world building to do that. Um, I think Harry Styles is fine in the smaller moments. I think people are mainly laughing at him. I also think I have a theory that people don't actually know what he sounds like when he talks. Um, <laughs> so that's what, I think it's a little jarring to people. Um, I think in the quieter moments he's actually fine, but when he's required to play any sort of bigger or larger emotion he's it literally feels like no one is giving him any guidance it's like one it's like a community theater director i'm not saying olivia Wilde's a community theater director but it's like a community theater director it's like i know you have talent you can do whatever you want and they just let him go a little wild but um it was like no one gave him direction for some of the like bigger emotional stuff and then i was telling megan like Shia LaBeouf was in this part. Like, what attracted to him to this part? Um, because I can't imagine seeing them in the same part because uh, Shia LaBeouf, for all of his problems and all of his, you know, actions and stuff, he's a much better actor than Harry Styles. Um, I think a lot of the design is really interesting. Um, I really already want to talk to the costume designer because I want to know uh, certain things about the costumes, about... Um, what is intentional. Um, but I don't necessarily think the third act is, uh, like when people say it falls apart. I mean, it's, by that point, it's a batshit crazy. Who cares about logic at that point? Um, when it goes a little uh, wild, again, um, <laughs> this, is a, this is a recurring thing. Um, but yeah, it, it was fine. It was, I, it was it was fine. I think the script has a lot of problems too. I think and, um, I was reading the original um, ending, which actually like makes more sense and clears things up um, more than the the new one, which I think is interesting because I think they made a big deal about like having is it Katie C- Cyberman or Silverman who is the screenwriter who wrote Booksmart like they had her come on to kind of give it that feminist like uh, touch to it since it was written by uh, Dick Van Dyke's sons I believe two sons or grandsons or something. Um, and uh, so they brought them her in to like kind of give it the, a little bit of a womanly touch. But it sounds like the original made more sense. Um, but that's just what I uh, just in my re- preliminary research of what I was looking up about the film. Interesting. Well, uh, was it entertaining? Let's let's go there. Yeah, I will say I really I was telling Joey I have not been this excited to go to the movies in such a long time that I went like two weeks in a row to see two wholly original films and how exciting Mm. that is. And, um, and I think it's great that it was number one at the box office. I had fun watching it. Like it had me wanting more at the end of it, which for better or worse is a good thing. Um, and, uh, I think that, I, I don't think I don't think she should like stop making movies or should not be allowed to make movies anymore, which is usually the problem whenever women's movies don't do as well. But I think this is actually going to be a hit for her. So, um, and I think that's great. I was never bored with it. Like I was. Yeah, never, I was never bored with it. I was always very intrigued. A lot. There have been a lot worse, in my opinion, a lot worse movies that got 
much more of a pass than this movie does. Yeah, I agree. At the top of my head right now, but I think, uh, yeah, I don't think Olivia Wilde should be like punished for making another movie from the drama around it. And actually, because necessarily with this movie in particular, the drama made people go. To the yeah, theater. I think so too. Yeah, it's interesting too. The um, box office for it was good, but not as good as I think people were thinking it would be based on the the tracking. Like it 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 did really well on Thursday and Friday, and then all of a sudden, you could like the bad word of mouth started kicking in, and then Sunday and Saturday and Sunday really dropped significantly. I didn't realize that. I thought that it still exceeded its estimates because I thought at first it was like eighteen, and then it was. I heard, I heard twenty to twenty. They said it was out of. I, I read a report, I can't remember where it was, but they said an executive had said they had, in their whole time that they've worked in movies, they've never seen the estimates yo-yo like this. They yeah, I heard that, that too. Were, I heard that they were expecting at least 20 and the highest estimate at one point. I'm not sure at what point during the hubbub this was, but they said they were, the highest they heard was 27. Yeah. Wow. I'd heard 20 to 25, um, and it came in at, at 19. I don't know what the final number was. I thought it was 21 for some reason, but I know at one point it was like, oh, if it makes 10, they'll be excited. So that's interesting too. Well, worldwide it made 30. So it's, 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 it, it will probably make its money back, um, with ad revenue and all that stuff. So, I mean, ad, uh, not revenue, but ad, uh, advertisement costs, yeah. advertising costs. I mean, according to, if I just Google, don't worry, darling, budget it was made for $35 million. That's actually right. pretty, she made it for $35 million. That's pretty. I think good. it's just, it's just exciting too, to have something original out there. Even though it is taking from like Stepford Wives and other, um, there's some maybe Black Mirror in some way too. But, um, but I think it's just really exciting to have. Like I was just like, oh, I this is not something that's a remake. It's not, you know, in a, you know, a direct remake. It's just really exciting to go to the movies and see things like Barbarian and this, and I want to see like Smile too. So it's a really good time for the movies, I think. Yeah, next weekend you've got Smile and Bros, which Joey, yeah, has, which you both have seen. Did you see that? At, no. I didn't see Bros, no, because okay. I could not get into anything. <laughs> yeah. Once again, <laughs> I have seen Bros three times. Have you really? I hate you. Yeah, I, my mom wants to see it. She was like, I want to see that bros. I got a text from her randomly one night. I was like, I want to see bros. Good night. I was going to tell you, I was like, Megan, Lady Camden's coming back this weekend. Drive up to Columbus. We'll go see bros. We'll go finally go see the drag. We meant to go see over July 4th weekend. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I saw Pearl while I was on vacation this weekend, and um, I liked it. I thought... Um, I thought uh, I thought it was really good. I, you know, this whole talk about her being a contender for best actress and it being a contender for screenplay. And uh, no, 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 <laughs> none of none of that is, is going to happen. But it is a it is a very interesting um, horror drama um, that gives you a lot to think about, much like uh, Hereditary in that way. Oh, interesting. Um, and it is a a tremendous portrait of a woman completely coming unhinged. Wow. Although, Joey, you've seen it, right? Is she unhinged in the very beginning? <laughs> like, does she go crazy through the film or is she just crazy to start with? Um, I think she is so uh, I mean, I think the movie does actually deals with a lot of stuff like repression and. Mm. Um, I can't remember. Someone was telling me that even Zachary Landon was telling me he was listening to a podcast. They were like, I don't understand. She's she isn't she Jewish? And she's talking about why does her mom have that accent? I was like, maybe people should stop talking about movies. Um, I thought I wouldn't necessarily think that she's uh, crazy. I just think she's so um, she does really crazy things. Uh, a woman, I would say she's a woman possessed, a woman driven, if you will. Um, I feel like the going crazy section is after, is, is more solidified after Pearl ends before X starts. Right. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what I saw. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was a, it yeah. was a good film. 
I was a little let down by, um, I wasn't surprised by, like, anything, because yeah. I feel like it was literally shown in the trailer. Like, every person, you've, you've seen everybody die. Like, even if you don't know exactly know who it is, you've seen her in every scene where she kills somebody, pretty much. Um, and that was a little disappointing to me. It wasn't surprising to me uh, in a lot of ways, even though... I think Mia Goth is really great. I think I think the design mm-hmm. and the um like the the crafts are really really strong. I like it. Sort of reminds me of like um like I remember when I was in college and I didn't realize that like Far From Heaven, it wasn't like an homage to a 1950s melodrama. It was a 1950s melodrama. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't have enough education or didn't see enough stuff to sort of understand that. That's what it kind of reminded me of. It was sort of like um. It was sort of like uh, Douglas Sirk meets Alfred Hitchcock sort of stuff. It's very lushly made and stuff, but yeah, I just was I was a little let down that I think the preview showed me everything. Yeah, it 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 raised a lot of questions with me. Um, I'm not going to go into spoiler territory, but there's a lot of things that are sort of if you try to make the connective tissue between Pearl and X, there's a lot of I mean, there's what 60 years uncovered and I'm just like, what happened when this person walked in that door and how did this continue and what happened to her after this film? And, you know, it just it it just it made me want to know so much more. Like I I almost want them to write a book that covers <laughs> those 60 years yeah. rather than, you know, just a series of films. I think it's. Um, it's almost like you could look at Pearl as if you were watching an entire movie about the Norman Bates before Psycho. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, um, good movie. Uh, the the hyperbole about it online, and, and I know this never happens. So <laughs> let's just give this a, a, a we'll give them a, a pass at this one. But the hyperbole about it is a little much. But it is a very good film, and it's 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 a very good horror film. And you know, horror has been on a streak this year. Um, with some really interesting uh, outings. I think we talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Barbarian. Um, yeah. So what has also been a streak, and how's this for a segue, is cannibalism. <laughs> 2022 has been the year of the cannibal. And, uh, of course, if you're going to have the year of the cannibal, then you've got to have a brand-new project about everybody's favorite cannibal, Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, and that's I don't know why they didn't call it that. Everybody's favorite cannibal. Um, so Netflix last Wednesday dropped Ryan Murphy's new limited series, and the name of it changed quite a bit. But it finally is Dahmer Dash Monster: The Jeffrey Dahmer Story. Wasn't it just called, and, yeah? How did it change? Was it called Monster at first? Like it was called some some art had Monster. Some monster, some art had monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Some art has Dahmer. And then if you look up it, look it up online, it is the full title. Dahmer yeah. Looking at it monster, right now. Yeah. The Jeffrey Dahmer story. <laughs> That's wild. Um, and it came out of nowhere. There was, there was uh, a trailer that dropped five days before it was released. Uh, there was no advanced press, no advanced reviews, nothing. And pardon the pun, people ate it up on Netflix. It has been the most popular thing that Netflix has released since stranger things. Now I would argue name one thing that Netflix has released since stranger things. Right. Also, I feel like they say this about every show. Like it's the most popular show we've ever had. It's just like, it's kind of like the little boy who cried wolf at this point. It's like, okay, Netflix. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) But what's weird to me is that even critics aren't necessarily, I mean, last time I looked, I looked a couple of times over the weekend, but critics aren't really reviewing it. There's only last I checked, there were only 10 reviews on rotten tomatoes. Um, which is not what something like a Ryan Murphy project would deliver. Um, so it's, it's very weird, but, uh, so we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about a new, uh, sitcom, uh, on ABC, I'm sorry, Hulu, uh, starring, uh, uh, uh Paul Reiser, Judy Greer, Keegan-Michael Key, and Johnny Knoxville called Reboot. And Stephen Levitan, the creator of ABC's Modern Family. Um, and then, of course, we'll hop to the flash forward to the media we're most anticipating in the upcoming week. So let's get going. Um, 
Joey, why don't you tell us about Dahmer, what it is, what it's trying to do, what it does, and then we'll we'll jump into what we thought about it. Sure. Um, so I will I will say that I've seen three episodes of this. There's ten episodes, which I already think is too long. Um, Jeffrey, Je- Mr. Jeffrey Dahmer, was a uh, serial killer from the late 1970s to the early 1990s. He killed, oh, you know, like 17 people, mainly, um, I think they were all boys. Um, He was a career serial killer. Um, From what I understand, um, from it, and from a little bit of my knowledge, he used to bore men back to his apartment, drug them, make them watch. Apparently he made all of his victims watch The Exorcist 3. Um, that's enough of a warning sign to get you out of there. Um, and he mainly killed, he killed a lot of um, gay black men. Um, so the first episode of Dahmer, um, which I think it's funny, the first episode I think it's just called Episode 1, but the rest of them have a title, which is if that is true according to Wikipedia, I don't know. Um, the first episode, which I actually think is is pretty well uh, uh, handled. Um, he, um, I think it's very well paced. It's it's about the young man who got away from Jeffrey Dahmer and got the police to Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment, and they were able to search the apartment, and they arrested him there, and they found like 15 bodies, uh, like bones. They found shit like being in a vat of acid. Uh, uh, his his apartment needed some attention, I will say. Um, but at least from the episodes that I have seen, it goes into his uh, childhood a little bit. Episode 3 is really about like the first person he killed. Um, it goes back and forth. Um, shows how his he came from a broken home and how he had desires for boys, but he didn't know what to do. Apparently for a a good chunk of him in high school when his parents divorced, they just left him at his house when he was like 17 or 18 years old and literally had no direction and was like just getting beer and trying to like uh, um, figure out what he was doing. Now, the turning point where I feel like, I feel like I'm at a point where if something is just like a little too much, whether it be like a movie or a show, I'm thinking of two movies in particular, one of them starring um, a woman named Schmerlin Schmunschmo and a movie starring uh, Schmenden Schmazer. I do not like those movies because I think that they are ugly. This, this show, because I'm into like sort of like thrillers, like I love the movie Copycat about serial killers. I love all, I, I love most of this true crime stuff. I think what uh, Evan Peters, who plays Jeffrey Dahmer, is doing a pretty decent job in this. Um, it's starting to get a little much for me where he's he's jerking off to a lingerie magazine and just can't do it. But then he thinks about the time that he was, uh, you know, dissecting an animal and he remembers his fingers touching their organs and then he comes. So it's like that and it's just like, okay. I get it, because I think the movie is obviously trying to be like, this is really disgusting because he fucked dead bodies and he cut people up and stuff like that. So I am going to keep going watching it, um, but I feel like I am just like eh, the whole time I'm watching it. I think this is such a hard watch. Like it's, gross, it's right? one of the hardest shows I've watched in a long time. Um and, you know, I'm somebody who likes true crime stuff, but this just really, really bothers me. I think I think that the show's doing it bothers me on a lot of levels. It bothers me that it's just the way it's the way it's shot is very good. It looks it looks disgusting. Like I'm, I get such a visceral reaction from watching it. I think that the cinematography is is really good and that it's like thick and gross and you can almost smell what they're smelling on this show, um, or imagine it. Like, I just think that it's very well done. The other thing that is, makes me, um, 
really it's really hard to watch is knowing that like the victims families are yeah. not on board with this and so that also that we're re, that we're trudging this up again is 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 upsetting to me that if if do we really need to um especially since there's so much out there already um that like where else can we go and i um i mean it's not a fun watch but the second episode when it starts in with like I call it young young Sheldon as young Dahmer type of thing going on, where we go back to what he was like as a kid. I'm like, please do not humanize him. Like I don't want to see this. I don't want to feel bad for Jeffrey Dahmer. And thankfully they don't do too much of that where you're like, oh I feel bad for him. But um, I, I was a little worried about that because I thought I do not want this. This guy was like, like just the things he did were just horrific. And, um, so I, I'm really struggling with, with watching it, even though I do think it's well done. And, um, I think that first episode, like actually the only thing that got me through that first episode was I was reading it about it as I was watching it and knowing that this was the day he gets caught. I was like, thank God. Like, and I wondered why they started there, which I also, um, think is interesting. And I, I'm interested to hear what you guys think, why they started there. But, um, Clarence, I also want to hear what you, you think of it too. It's so funny. I, um, I had to do the exact same thing to get through the yeah. first episode. I, I yeah. just, I looked yeah. it up and I said, okay, does this guy get eaten? Because it's so intense and disturbing mm-hmm. and disgusting. The production design, you know, we often praise beautiful production design. This is a nightmare of production design, but it is, incredibly effective and brilliant in what it's supposed to do, which is to just set apart this world and, you know, and his, his apartment, his, his murder den or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's truly disgusting. Like to the point where, you know, you, you sit there and you, you watch this, this guy that he's lured back in there. And I'm like, just as soon as you saw that giant red stain on that bed, why did you not fight to get the hell out of there? Like, why did you lay down in it? Like, well, what? I think did he didn't he try a little bit before then, and then when he lays down in it, I think he's trying to, Appease like, yeah. yeah, I think he's trying to keep him occupied until he figures out. Well, I thought that that character is so smart in, like, the way he like first he's like, oh, take pictures of me, and like, oh, that scene is so disturbing, and um, he's just trying to keep him like almost like if I stay sympathetic to him, and like. Like I like him, uh, the, which is also terribly sad. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought that I agree with that. The production design and just like everything about this show is gross. And I think it's it's on purpose. Like that is the highest compliment I can pay this show um, that I have such a like I'm so disgusted watching it. Yeah. And and I agree with everything I, both of you have said. I mean, it it, it is. For what it is, it is very well made. It is very well acted. Um, the thing that I do struggle with is the why. Why do we need yeah. this? Particularly since Netflix has a conversations with Jeffrey Dahmer true crime documentary coming out um, sometime soon yeah. that we have screeners yes. for. So I'm, I'm like, why? And then it, it begs to the larger picture of why? why cannibalism? Right now, why is cannibalism having a moment? Like, what have we done as a society where this is what we're talking about? This is what's in our entertainment. Like, you know, Yellow Jackets wasn't wallowing in it, right? But no. and then there's Fresh, then there's um, then there's uh, Bones and all. You know, it's 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 just I just can't. I I don't know why I need to sit here and watch this stuff. It, it's just too much. <laughs> I will say the one thing that the show might be doing is giving a, like, even though they're also there, I always said giving a voice to the victims, even though the victims families are against this. But I also think that they are showing the stories of like, I mean, I haven't seen, I heard there's one episode about his victim who's deaf. That's really heartbreaking and good, but um, that you're, you're, you're seeing who these victims were, which right. might be the good thing that, the show maybe is trying to do, but I don't know. I just, I just feel like this is a case that I think everyone would like to see put to rest in some way. And that's coming from somebody who is fascinated by true crime. I don't want to say I enjoy true crime because I don't think that it's 
it's an enjoyable thing. It's, um, it's just fascinating. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the other thing that I'm interested in that I'm a little surprised that I haven't seen more of <laughs> is I'm excited to see DC Nash as like the neighbor who I was reading all about her, um, because she, you hear her saying to the cops, like, I told you, um, you know, something was wrong and you didn't listen. Like, I feel like that's an interesting angle. I kind of wish the show is just from her perspective. Um, she plays uh, uh, Glenda, I think the last name's Cleveland. Yes. Um, and she's no longer alive, um, but she lived, I think she lived in that apartment. She lived actually. She lived in a, a building adjacent to the apartment. So she didn't actually live in the building is what I read. Ah, so that was okay. one of the liberties that the show took, but she is, but she did like, uh, report like a lot that like, there's something going on there. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I was gonna say, I agree. I think it would be great to see the show through her eyes. Sorry. Go ahead. Clarence. Well, and again, I haven't watched the whole series, but she's apparently in it quite a bit. And, um, just judging from the trailer, because there's a scene that they show in the trailer where he goes over and gives her a sandwich. Oh, God, and she's like, I'm not going to eat that. Yes. Like, she doesn't know what it is, but she knows, you know, not to not to eat it. So. Um, what do we think about Evan Peters? I mean, he's on a roll right now after Mayor of Easttown. But I think this is also kind of like a role that's his bread and butter that usually didn't get him nominations. But I don't know. Um, maybe he's the one I could see getting in. Um, I mean, as of right now, uh, it's very early, <laughs> but, um, but also depending on like the response to this show has been interesting because you're right. Then the critics aren't really talking too much about it, but people on Twitter are talking about it and people are watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think this is like the type of role that he is used to playing, but I feel like it is a type of role that uh, shows that he has more control over what he's doing. As yeah. An actor. Um, I don't think he could have played this part like five or six years ago. Um, I think, I mean, I think Evan Peters is a good actor. The thing is I don't, that I'm a little worried about in episode three is sort of with the humanizing part, like him as a young man, like they show him like, shirtless working out like i'm surprised that i haven't seen some stupid homosexual being like jeffrey Dahmer's so sexy i feel so conflicted like i'm, well, I'm waiting to come that was it. always the thing about him was that they that like the talk was that he was good looking yeah like him and ted bundy were like good looking yeah um but he um some dumb queer is gonna say like it's just like the way that <laughs> some of like you know him working out i sent a picture of it when i was watching it to clarence about like him working out and like he lures a guy over with beer and he just wants to fuck him and he's like this I guess not really a spoiler it's the first time he kills somebody um in episode three and he's like they're like you know lifting weights and like the the perspectives from Evan Peters laying on his back on his chest and with his chest and like the guy's crotch is in his face he's like you're right bro yeah bro like it's it's like some weird homoerotic thing that I'm just it's something that is that you would normally see in like Ryan Murphy's wheelhouse um, even mm. though he didn't direct any of these episodes that you sort of like you can see his fingerprints all over it yeah but and I think that's funny. that's what sort of um, I'm going to use the word impressed for lack of a better word but that's what struck me I guess I'll say about that first episode is that it didn't feel like a Ryan Murphy project it felt non um scandalous or you know yeah sensationalized that's the word I'm looking for it wasn't sensationalized it was it was very to the point very cold in his execution and uh you know it, it didn't have it didn't have him fantasizing about like being at studio 54 or something like that which i'm sure would have been <laughs> that's on the cutting room floor somewhere <laughs> um yeah. But yeah, it, that that first episode is incredibly intense, and uh, it's directed by Carl Franklin. Um, I saw that. 
and and actually has a a, a series of very strong uh, directors behind it. Like Gregor Rocky did an episode. Like I'm so excited to see that episode because I love him. So that alone is making me uh, excited to keep watching. I don't see this going for limited series, or uh, you know, but I do wonder if. If it's big enough, if people start to remember it, maybe the Golden Globes throw him a nomination or something like that. Um, maybe uh, Richard Jenkins and uh, Niecy Nash as well as Evan Peters. Yeah, never count out Niecy Nash. She's somebody who uh, always slips in, I feel like. Um, she's somebody who's a really good character actress. But, like, I still think of her as, like, from her Reno 911 days and how she's just, like gone on to do so many cool things after that. And that's one of like the coolest shows, I think so. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, whether or not people want to recognize and reward something dealing with Dahmer. And maybe that has something to do with the reason critics aren't reviewing it. Maybe they just don't want to give it the, the attention. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Because uh, like there's only 14 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and usually limited series have hundreds. <laughs> it feels like there's so many TV critics. So. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, it is early in the Emmy season, so we'll see what happens. Um. Anything else on Dahmer? No. No. All right. Let's move on to happier topics. Um which is uh, Stephen Levitan's reboot, which airs on Hulu, an eight-episode comedy, uh, roughly about a half an hour in each. Um, and it, it basically is the story of a woman played by Rachel Bloom who wants to reboot, um, for personal reasons, an early 2000s kind of ABC family-type show, Step Right Up. Um, which starred Keegan-Michael Key, Johnny Knoxville, um, Judy Greer, and Callum uh, – no, not Callum Worthy because he plays the older version – and a child actor uh, whose name I can't remember. Um, and, uh, and and it's about getting them back together. It's about actors working um, in Hollywood after being away from it. It's about the conflict between uh, – to use a lack of – for lack of a better term, woke comedy versus classic you know, insult comedy. Um, it's a, it's about a lot of different things. And, uh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the show. I saw it a couple of weeks ago cause I got, we had early screeners for this. I saw it back in the summer. Um, and it's, it stayed with me through this whole time. And I think, uh, just last thing I'll say, Paul Reiser and Judy Greer are fantastic in this. And I really hope that they get some kind of awards attention. What did you guys think? Uh, go, Joey. Do you want to go first, or I didn't know if I. Um, I really love it. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? <laughs> Something is like playing on my computer. Okay, while he deals with that, what did you think, Megan? Okay, um, I liked it. It wasn't. Um, I'm really impressed with Rachel Bloom, which, um, I think she's really good. Like when they when she came on screen, I was like. Oh my gosh, I feel like it's like Liz Lemon. I don't know. She had like such a Liz Lemon yeah. vibe to her in this role. Um, and I really appreciated that. And so I, she's like my MVP. Um, I think some of the things I have like that are weird about the show, uh, I mean, every, the cast is great. Judy Greer's great. Um, but I feel like the show itself that they're rebooting feels like it's more of a an 90s or 80s sitcom. Um, and so I feel like going back, 20 years, it would have been more of a, like, I feel like at that point it was more of the shows about, um, like the, this is a terrible description, but it was always the like bigger dude or, or older dude and the young hot wife. Like, I feel like that would have been the, the thing from 20 years ago that was really big then. Um, so that was a little confusing to me. Um, wait, did you say something, Joey? Like a king of queens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like there were just so many. Um, so like, I wasn't quite sure like what the, I mean, I get, I get it's kind of like full house is what I'm take of it, but, um, but I think it's cute. It's not like something I'm also like wondering how far they can go with this premise of like, if this is just a one season type of show. Um, but, um, it's cute. It's not like something that I would ever really, 
um, watch a lot of, but I am, I think that it's, it's a, like, uh, got a great cast, great performances. And I did, Joey and I were like, we did not realize Judy Greer was going to be topless in the first episode. That was kind of shocking. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are your boobies. Good for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, how many, did you watch the whole thing, or did you watch just a couple of? Uh, I just watched two episodes. Okay, yeah. I thought that the the ending, the cliffhanger at the first episode was great, and I was like, oh, well, I have to watch a, another one. And I kind of, um, well, I mean, I mean, I guess we can spoil it. It's not like a, I mean, it's the whole thread of the show is that Rachel Bloom's dad is Paul Reiser, who uh, kind of abandoned her and her mother as a, when she was like seven, and like, and moved in with a new family. And, uh, had a new kid and uh, like, like, well, a step kid and kind of like took care of them and, and neglected her and her mom. And I thought that was a really interesting premise. I actually, I thought it might've been even more interesting if like, he didn't know, I don't know. Um, that also might've been cliche too, but, um, but I thought that was such a great little like twist at the end of the first episode. I was like, what? Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't think that they could have done that twist because as you start to, um, as you get through the series, you find out that he has, even though she thinks he's been a complete absentee father, he has found ways to remain connected to her, um, without her knowing. So, um, Joey, what did you think? Uh, I'm really into the show so far. I've seen three episodes. Um, I do feel like I want to take my time with it a little bit because there aren't that many. I was like, oh, there are 22 episodes of this. No, there's like eight. Um, but I think the cast is fantastic. Um, trying, I forget the woman who plays the um, the mom of the kid who's on the show. <laughs> you mean? Uh, oh, I'm not forgetting her name. Another, it's you know, an um, alum. Uh, yes. It's um wait, hold on. It's Carrie Kenny Silver. Yeah. Um she's really funny. I've loved her. I know you know her from Reno 911, but I know her from Superstore. Um she was How dare you. I'm sorry. Um she's really funny on it. Um and I liked the episode where they show the the old writer's room, uh, you know, trying to deal with the new writer's room. I feel like that is very uh honest and kind of very true and relevant to a lot of, you know, all these conversations that we keep having about, you know, what is comedy and what's acceptable comedy. I think that was a really sort of fun way to explore it a little bit. Um, I do love Rachel Bloom. I think she's fantastic. I love her and everything. Um, And I think my MVP might be, I don't know. I think think it's wonderful. I think it's a really good show. I'm excited to keep watching. There's an episode that hasn't come out yet um, that it focuses on the writer's room, um, and it is the standout episode of the series so far. The only thing that I really uh, bothered me about it was that it was only eight episodes, and they're only 25, 30 minutes long. And it just kind of – by the time I kind of I, I, I kind of binged it, and by the time I got to the end, I was like, huh – I, this is probably, you know, you used to do shows on ABC that were like 25 yeah, episodes right. a year. Like what, what, and this looks exactly like an ABC show. Like what, what's going on here? <laughs> like, why, why don't we have more? Um, yeah, that's, a, um, I can understand that. Yeah, you're right. Because it, it does, I guess I didn't notice the episode length as much, as much, but, um, that makes sense. Uh, I do want to say that the, um, actress, well, the Timberly, the, that whole, um, yeah. character. I was telling Joey that this reminds me a bit of like Curb Your Enthusiasm where they have an actress that they don't like, uh, like when they did on Curb this last season, they did like a young Larry that's like a young Sheldon and they, and he had to hire this actress because of, of course, because of shenanigans he got involved in. And this actress is so terrible. And, um, I kind of wish that Tim, Timberly's bad, but like this girl who on Curb is so bad. I want everybody to go watch, um, how you can be make an art out of being a bad actress and the um oh and I need to look her up because she's so good. Um the actress on there um the last season of Curb is so good. Um but uh anyway I'm looking her up yeah. now. <laughs> it's a it's 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 a good show. I like it. Um she's Kayla Monterosa Meja. She is amazing on Curb. But um 
yeah, just wanted to point that out. I, uh, I, I suspect that this is going because it is short because it is, even though it is Stephen Levitan, uh, it is smaller um, in 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 nature. I think it probably gets forgotten by the time uh, Emmys come around, um, which I think is a shame because I think there's a lot of people who are doing very strong work on here. Yeah, yeah, I do too. It's it's good to see Johnny Knoxville doing something other than getting hit in the crotch and stuff like that too, because <laughs> I do think he's very funny, um, and I uh, yeah, I just enjoy seeing him and doing something a little bit different. Same. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's well paired with, uh, with his initial foil. We'll just, I, I don't want to spoil that. So, um, yeah. So, all right. Uh, anything else about reboot? No. Okay. Let's hop to the flash forward to the media. We're most anticipating in the upcoming week. And, um, Megan, why don't you go first? Um, so I am finishing a book called a web of lies by Leslie roll. And it's about, um, a true crime story. Um, I I don't want to spoil it for everybody, but this is like one of the, the craziest stories, um, I've ever read. That's a true crime story. Um, it's about Carrie Farver and, uh, Liz Goyle, um, um, and this love triangle, um, just go read it knowing nothing. Even listen to the Dateline podcast that was done on it recently. Um, it's really fascinating. Um, so I'm finishing up that book. And then uh, I'd like to see Smile, hopefully, maybe. Mm. Um, even though, did you see that, like, apparently at, at, like, a baseball, a bunch of, M, like, MLB baseball oh, yeah. games, there were creepy yeah. people smiling in the stands. First of all, that is incredible marketing. And so damn creepy. Oh my God. Like they were showing the one girl just staring like, like, Oh, it's so creepy. Um, but I applaud their marketing team. Um, so I would like to see smile, even though I'm afraid I'll never smile again. Um, and, uh, TV wise, um, I just like to like catch up on some things that are fun, but I'm not sure what, um, there's so much to watch. Oh, I'd like to watch some documentaries. Um, there's, I guess there's one on, um, on HBO max that, uh, Scott Feinberg outlined as one of the, um, documentaries to watch. Uh, it's like, is it Navalny? I think. Oh, that one's, yeah, that one's good. So I thought about watching that. Um, and then, um, trying to think of anything else. I guess that's about it. Joey. Uh, um, I'm going to keep uh chugging along with movies um i want everyone to go see bros um i just might buy a ticket to see bros and then go see something else just to get money to bros um i want to see smile i have a screener this week i'm going to review god's creatures with paul mescal and emily watson um i'm gonna probably put that up either tomorrow or on thursday because that comes out on friday um TV-wise, I will say, I mean, Clarence and I were talking about this earlier. Hocus Pocus 2 is actually really fun. I thought it, <laughs> I thought it was going to be so bad and so stupid. Is it stupid? Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, the witches singing, like, the bitches back is really fun. Um, <laughs> there's inexplicable music on numbers. It's great. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, and then TV-wise, um, I have asked several times for screeners for a documentary series on Shudder called Queer for Fear about sort of a gay connection to horror movies. We have not responded. They said, we have you on a list! And I, I haven't heard anything yet, so they probably forgot. Um, so there's that. And then Call Me Cat comes out this week. And um, season two of Ghosts, which I've seen the first three episodes of. I'm in love with the show. I think it's really great. Um, a great ensemble. And I think that comes back on Thursday. That's it. Yeah, um, I am also going to try to get through more and more of uh, Dahmer. Um, I'd like to do that, too. Yeah, just I was thinking about that, too. But one at a time. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to be binging this one. Um, Anybody who does, you got to wonder about them. <laughs> <laughs> What's your deal? Uh, and uh, I have a screener for The Greatest Beer Run Ever, which... 
was trashed, I guess, at uh, TIFF. Um, but I'm going to watch that anyway. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to – actually, tomorrow, uh, as you're listening to this podcast, Wednesday, September 28th, Blonde comes on Netflix. I'm just going to sit back and watch the continued discourse about that interview that came out, I think, in Collider um, or, or Was it someone. anywhere? It, uh, I don't remember where it was, but it was uh, – it's it's – a very interesting um, section of the interview is has been going around Twitter today, um, basically saying that uh, Andrew Dominic was talking about nobody watches Marilyn Monroe movies anymore. Nobody knows who she is. She's just you know. He uh, described um, he described gentlemen prefer blondes as whores getting dressed up or something. Whores that like yeah. well dressed whores. Yeah. 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 Which I thought was incredibly insulting because. I think that that movie is uh, I think that movie is very feminist for the time period. And it's like it's slyly feminist. Um, and I think she's so good in it. Um, Elsa, she's so good in Some Like It Hot. Like, I always say that I think that the closest we have to a Some Like It Hot performance like that is like there's something about Mary with Cameron Diaz where she's like in like. On the, she's the only one of the few women in it. I just think that that like Cameron Diaz and Marilyn Monroe are kind of similar to me, and that's that's I appreciate them both. Um, also, I I want to be like done with doing anything to Marilyn Monroe this year. Like it's bad enough we ruined her dress, and now we're like this film feels so. Un- and let's talk about another unnecessary thing. Uh, like I just this makes me sick. I don't know if I will watch Blonde because of. Oh, one, this, this, uh, interview was like, put me over the edge reading mm-hmm. it. Um, and I just love Marilyn Monroe so much. I just don't, I don't even think I want to see it. And it's a terrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> just, that's what I've just... heard. Um, the other thing that I'm really looking forward to is I have, it's been a long, long time since I've listened to or caught up on Mark Maron's uh, podcasts. And, uh, I, I really, uh, he can be a bit much sometimes, yes, but he's very insightful and he always gets good interviews with with his uh, subjects. So um, I just sort of scrolled through uh, the podcast app and, and picked uh, a handful of uh, podcasts that I wanted to catch up on. And one was with Christina Ricci, um, where she talks about her family life, a very interesting relationship with her father. I highly recommend this episode. Uh, another one is with uh, Andrew Garfield, which I have not yet listened to. And the one that came out today was uh, talking about with uh, Sigourney Weaver about her career. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to catch up on that before I start another book. That sounds another audio good. Book. Yeah. Take a break from books for a little bit. Yeah. All right. Uh, does that cover it? Yeah. Let's get the hell out of here. So we are the three M's contributors, Joey Moser, Megan McLaughlin, and me, Clarence Moy. Thanking you for joining us, asking you to remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us, and wishing you a very pleasant tomorrow. Tomorrow.